from Disney. A lot of people want to know about my family. Well, we have a magical house and magic gifts. What's your gift? Mirabel didn't get one. This Thanksgiving. Casita? The family is in danger. I'm losing my gift! It's all gonna come down to you. Oh, no. I can do this. And at least I'll have a friend. Nope, he flew away immediately. Quitter! Disney's Encanto. Baby PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Thanksgiving. Hey, hola mi gente, what's going on everybody? Brookie Nation, it's Spanish night tonight. Hi, <laughs> I will not be punishing it's... anyone with my attempt at Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're doing Encanto tonight. This is really, really exciting. You guys already know who we are. I am the Mackie Mouse. I am Isla Shikorsky. This is uh this is really exciting. This is this is This is not, our Encanto episode. That's right. This is not uh, a full uh movie club as we are not able to watch the movie because it's not uh released digitally yet, but you better believe that we will be eventually doing this one cuz this is a big deal. We'll probably <laughs> actually, actually do it the first night that it comes out on um, DVD and Blu-ray because Harper has insisted already that we must buy it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh so we we felt really strongly about this. After we saw the film, we were both like freaking out. Like this happened when we first watched uh Soul. It was the same thing. And it, Hamilton. It was, like, I mean, and well, yeah, Hamilton is actually even more next level because we were we had to like stop everything and go wait a minute and go like do research and we we like really got yeah. It. This was like middle of the night YouTube video links being like, did you see this mashup of these? Songs? Oh yeah, yeah, no, and that's real. It was that's a weird, a weird energy we had going it was on for weird Hamilton. Energy. <laughs> it was like high school kids obsessing over their new thing, you know? Like, well, I don't know. This we were just the, the theater age. kids that didn't grow up being like, oh my gosh, like I just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean we we did that you know like being so obviously people have already kind of pieced together our all of our you know our backgrounds uh you know we were both theater kids show choir and like all of the fun like you know on stage things in school uh so like we, i know we, in our high school like it, we were reciting rent and singing it up and down in the hallways all the time like, look at this cool thing i found and this this you know like yes. all of the time all the time and that grew into every broadway show we also were down the street from broad you know we could okay. walk into a, a show all the time so we did it all the time i lived in my little podunk town and i had no day but today painted on my wall hell yeah <laughs> which is why we are best friends <laughs> because somehow not living in the same place we lived the same life as if we did <laughs> and uh listen uh soul did the same thing it had this like really deep i don't know it moved us in a way that we were not expecting and you know i'm a jazz musician in, in part or just a musician in general but jazz specifically so that movie like really hit me but that's a very niche thing i feel like a movie like encanto is very like doesn't matter if you're spanish or you're not or you're you know like uh if you if you if you have a family or if you have any kind of like attachment to being needed which it which crosses cultural lines that's a human being thing this movie will talk to you you know what i mean so we went off and we started just like this is so amazing so can we do an episode about it and that was like two days ago and we were like hell yeah let's that do that was actually yesterday i saw this movie 24 hours ago yeah we got we were we we're really excited <laughs> 
when I, when I say really excited, I mean really excited. <laughs> um, so here we are. Uh, if I, if you're listening to this and you you just randomly clicked it, and we're like, what the hell is this movie? <laughs> we played a little bit of the kind of radio spot trailer in the beginning. So it's a movie about a. It is loosely based on Colombian culture, although there is a magic element to it, right? And it's about a family with a magic house and a magic. Uh, kind of energy right at uh and all of the family members are given magical gifts and there's one girl in the family who does not have a gift and she you know obviously is a part of the family in a different way but the whole kind of point of the movie is about acceptance and about finding yourself and about you know like uh where your place in maybe not just the family but the world is like what like what, what how do you belong um and not just for the girl who doesn't have it but also other members of the family Etc. Etc. So uh, it is a movie. The reason why it kind of crosses over into our fandom. I mean, the movie's great. It would be great without this particular fact. But all of the music in this movie, much like Moana, is done by Lin Manuel Miranda, who obviously we are gigantic stands of. So you do have elements of Hamilton, elements of In the Heights. So he has a very, very specific fingerprint uh, that you can physically hear. Um, and that he he kind of brings from his you know in the heights was his very much his autobiography right not literally but that time period and and what he was trying to bring like washington heights to the people and that is him that is him entirely and so he brought that anything that is is that lynn manuel miranda sound is in the heights you, you can pinpoint pieces of this movie back to pieces of that show and pieces of his you know coming up you know in the in the industry first so uh that being said the this music's is also, obviously amazing yeah so like first of all this is lin-manuel miranda film um so we he's love amazing it. and then it's also a disney film so and at the end of the day film, yeah. we were is, both you know, going to watch it because disney is a big part of our lives so i don't know why i didn't like hype this up more before I saw it. I don't know this why. Always ha- why didn't- we didn't do it for Hamilton either. We were like, obviously, this is going to be great. And everybody's hyped over it. And we didn't, like, really make a big deal about it before. And it I, turned again, out to be like, life-changing. I, within the last, like, year or so, and maybe that's just because my mindset has changed with everything that's happened. But, like, every Disney movie has been hitting me a lot more emotionally than, say, like, Rapunzel did, you know, back in the mm-hmm, day and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But now when you watch things like soul or coco or um and any pixar movie that's come out in the last mm-hmm. few years you know luca that made me ball like a baby raya yeah, i'm yeah, sobbing yeah. uncontrollably like right i didn't go into this thinking like oh yeah this is gonna hit me hard because i'm super white so i was like <laughs> this is gonna be great to watch i'm gonna feel so like this is gonna be so beautiful i know it i don't i was i don't know I just went into I it kind of just like, I know it's going to be good, but I left the theater actively crying and cried in my car again until like we got on the highway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I am Puerto Rican. I am Spanish. And I knew that this was going to be meaningful, but I did the same thing for In the Heights. Like I am from New York City, the city, New York City, not the state, not out in the suburbs somewhere. Like I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Washington Heights is a place I visited many, many times. And the and the thing he described in In the Heights was everywhere in New York City was like that, right? Especially the boroughs. And I knew he was writing about 
me. You know, I knew he was writing about us, the the city, the 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 character that is the city. And I went into that with that exact same attitude. I was just like, well, it'll be a show. It'll, like I don't know. Like it like it, it doesn't. It's not until you sit there and you realize how closely attached to yourself the and whatever it is for me like yes i have spanish cultural ties to this movie but there are things about it that touch me that had nothing to do with being spanish i mean there were a lot of very specific things about being spanish that did but there were things that transcend where you come from where like no yeah, matter where you come from to do you need your with what ethnicity they were what you know where yeah. they came from what their culture was like you need to feel important yeah. no matter who you are you need to feel included it doesn't matter what culture you are, <laughs> yeah. what ethnicity you are. You need acceptance from your your elders, your grandparents, your parents. You know, you like you need people to re- you need respect. You need uh, you know just like you need to not be lonely. You need to not feel like a failure. Like all those things are just human nature things. Um, and like on the lighter so- side, everyone has a member of this family in their family. Everyone yes, has a weird yes. uncle that they don't talk about. Take away, you know, the prophecy and everything like that and who Bruno is. Everyone has a Tio Bruno somewhere in their life. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what Absolutely. I mean? All, things like that. The, All of these people. The freaking, oh my gosh, the three kids in the town that just like constantly needed to know everything. And are drinking um, coffee the whole time. Yes. <laughs> Oh I love good. those characters in every movie that I see where you just have like yeah. the random they're like basically they're like the, helping move the story along by like they're, they're the like chorus. the narrators. Yeah. 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 I love them All right, so, so much. So here's what we're going to do. First things first. And so that your spoiler alert. We are going to talk about this entire movie. Please. If you if you have not watched it right now, we are not going anywhere. Pause us. Go watch the movie and come back. We will be waiting for you. We are going to talk about the movie in, in its whole because I know we're going to slip up and say some spoiler shit. So I don't want <laughs> I to. I just want to. I just want to take that off the table right now because there's some really important things we got to get into that will definitely spoil moments. So that that for sure. Uh, we are attempting to do something we've never done before. We're gonna. This is going to be if you're listening to this right now. Uh, early. We are releasing this on. I don't know what I, I'm not phrasing English correctly right now. Okay, okay. Patreon. We are putting. If this you are on listening Patreon to this first. BC before Christmas, <laughs> before these, before Christ Mass. Uh, yes, BC, congrats! You have won we, an early bird special. <laughs> an early listen to this, but because this is not truly a movie club, like listen through. Um, we would love nothing we, more for that to be this. By the way. Like, oh I, yeah, and we're and we are going to once it's released. But this this right now, we just we want to get this in front of as as many people as possible. But we also want to uh, be uh, sensitive to the fact that our bonus we said our bonus content would go on Patreon. Our bonus content is going on Patreon, so that's where it is right now. And after Christmas or or around Christmas time, we will make it available for AC, everybody, if you will, a, after <laughs> after Christmas time. <laughs> In I the like spirit of Christmas, we um, will refer to... In the, in the true spirit of Christmas. Uh, so that everybody uh, can can kind of join in this conversation, because I feel like the, the, the conversation is actually really important. And this, this movie brought a lot of really interesting conversation to the forefront uh, that I think is... is really crucial that everybody should be talking about. So um, that's kind of the very horribly explained plan by me. <laughs> So those are your pre-show bells and warnings. There you go. Um, So uh, what we'll do first is we should talk about, uh, not Bruno. That was a joke. That's hilarious. 
I don't have a laugh track. I need it in my sound effects so that I can play. A... <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I rickrolled myself. Um, no, we should talk about the 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 short before we get. Into oh my gosh! Program. What this, was so, that? So I was not prepared. This, I I actually was prepared. The one thing I allowed Taryn to spoil for me is she came home and explained the entire short in like visions, right? Because she was just like explaining the idea of it. Since when do and we I was do like, oh, shorts? That's interesting. That's not a Pixar movie, first of all. That threw me for a loop. I was like, I still, what is happening? In, in, the, in the interest of full disclosure, I still can't tell the difference. I got to be honest with you. The Pixar and non-Pixar movies, if they're animated like that, they all look like Pixar movies to me. <laughs> is that just me? Oh, Am I the only oh. person? Do you have something you wanted to add? Oh my God. We have a surprise you appearance. Huh? Can you borrow this? My charger? How dare you? <laughs> tell <laughs> you know, everybody how internet. you thought about Encanto. Amazing. Come tell the people. A man of many words. It was breathtaking. Thank you so much. Ooh, you that can, was good. That was, my, hey, that was great. You can use my charger now. That gave me chills. <laughs> I, was, I was really excited about that. Um, <laughs> um, all right, so this short, like, this... I don't know. And I was also dealing with Harper, who this is her second movie theater movie ever. The ever, first one being yeah. the Polar Express with her school friends. So, like, they just kind of ran around the theater because it was rented out to themselves. So, wow. like, this is her first. This is her first movie theater movie. Really? Oh, my God. In Wait, time life. out. What was yours? First oh, movie ever. Tarzan. Thumbelina. Because I'm real old. <laughs> Thumbelina. Tarzan? 99 question mark can you hold on yeah can you fact check me on that what year did tarzan come out sure uh what year tarzan release date 1999 june 18th what year did sorcerer's stone come out damn i'm good uh sorcerer's oh uh, harry potter yeah um harry potter and the philosopher's stone if you were in the uk uh, 2001 so Tarzan. Uh, yeah, 2001, November 14th, 2001. Let's see what year Thumbelina came out. <laughs> 1994. <laughs> I was not born. Not alive. Yikes. Okay. Okay. Uh, but Moving yeah, so this right was our first alive. ever like real movie theater experience. Where And so she's like, every preview, when is the movie starting? This is not Encanto. I'm like, okay, it's mm-hmm, coming. I'm mm-hmm, like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. These are previews before the movie. Okay, okay, okay. So then it does the whole, you know, pirating, and illegal crime. I'm like, oh, Harper, the movie's starting. When they tell you that, that means the movie is starting. So then the short starts. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, I'm like, no. yeah. And Harper's like, this is still not in Kanto. I'm like, did she Harper, yell that like, and everyone laughed? She did. That's hilarious. She did yell that. <laughs> I'm like, shh, shh, shh. Oh, they're yeah. going to watch this movie. That's she's so like, cute. She's like, oh, oh, okay, sorry. And then I'm like, this is the short, but it's like the pre-movie. And she goes, okay, okay. Oh, this is good, mama. This is good. I'm like, okay, great. Wow. Glad you're like, but I cried. <laughs> As a mother, I was also sitting next to a mother while uh, I was watching this, right? And I am not a parent myself, but I'm a parent by proxy. I have nieces and nephews. I, you know, watch a lot of my best friends with kids. And so, like, I'm I'm, I'm close to a lot of the, not, not, experiencing the bond the myself i'm close to the like yeah i'm close to the like uh the things you have to go through to be a parent both good and bad yeah. right? the sacrifices you have to make as an adult and like what but like how much it's worth it and like all of that emotional stuff even though i have so i like i'm familiar right with yeah. that and obviously 
being a child of my own parents, like I, I, yeah, I, I yeah, know what yeah. that relationship is like as well. So as a mother, what was your first, I mean, there's like so many things to take, right? On so many levels, but like, is there something specific that hit really hard, like harder than the other parts of it? It was just crazy because watching it as a mom, you watch the first half and you see her getting frustrated and you know why she's frustrated and you want to, mm-hmm. and you, in that moment, you can absolutely not, you can be so tunnel vision and not see that there's another way that you could go about this, like including yeah. your child and what you're doing. Yeah. So I, yeah. I get that. And I, but I kept on getting more angry at her because I was like, you just need to stop and listen. You just right. need to stop and listen because that's the child and me saying that. So then when you when it crosses over and you see that it's the baby raccoon grown up and being a parent, I was like, please, I was like, break the generational trauma. I was like, break the, yeah. because that's so big right now in general. And yeah. because yep. all of our generation now are having children and we are a lot more conscious of, you know, mental health and stuff like that. And like, that's yep. not a knock at yep. the people that are older than us. It's just honestly fact. So like, yeah, it's just, different. it's like big to we grew up different. want to give your child what you wanted when you were a child. So I was watching it and I was like, oh, do it, do it, do it. And then they got frustrated. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 no. And then as mm-hmm. soon as I saw them connect and like look each other in mm-hmm. the eye, I just started sobbing. Yep. Like, yep. because that was, and what I really loved about it, this is what I meant to get to in the beginning, was it was never established mom and son, mom and daughter, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It mm-hmm. could have been any combination of anything. Yep. Any yep. parental figure, guardian, yeah. you know what I mean? It could have been a yeah. dad. That could have been a son, mm-hmm. you know? It was never identified, and I really appreciated that because it made it universal, like, yeah. wholly and Absolutely. truly. I, like, I, I particularly responded to uh, a child's innocently wanting um, this shell right it wasn't just merely discovery there's a lot of little nuances to it i thought we're, we're really oh and like valid. the yeah the baby's first heartbreak like when that shell snaps right. you realize like oh yeah 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 and and the idea that like th- the discovery th- that first child lighting up in the world because oh my god this is something new and exciting and it wasn't just i want to play it was like i learned something this is cool i'm i'm right i'm 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 seeing that there is a world bigger than what i know and that's a really exciting learning experience for a child there's that that the world keeps getting bigger as you grow up yeah there are things outside of your little tiny world um and that that that's all that kid wanted and then in this new generation that because there was no equivalent to that. Like that that second kid didn't like find the same thing. That the parent went and found the thing they always wanted. They got ruined and turned that into the new generation's new thing. They actually introduced them into something they could think was cool and then had that same reaction. And that passing along of like not just breaking the cycle, but actually turning your traumatic events into happy moments with your yeah. new family completely broke me completely like everybody's emotional and family baggage uh i feel like was was just poked and touched with this short like any any daddy issues you have anytime you feel like you you didn't connect with your parents that much you felt like they were too hard on you and then you had kids or you just got older or what like any of that stuff anybody with any feelings at all would just i was just started sobbing and the thing about those shorts which is crazy too 
I don't know. Uh, some people pick up on this and some don't. Some To some, it's just like, here's a short that made me cry. They all make me cry because they're emotional. But really, what's so cool about those shorts is that they're not random. They're not just grab bag things that the animation studio comes up with for funsies. Like, no. it, it actually, in a, in a bottle, is a little bit what the movie is about to be about. Like, you will go to watch something like, you know, Inside Out, and there's this whole short before you, you watch the lava thing, and then you go see Moana, and there's a whole big thing, right? It, there, There is a connection between these shorts that actually, there was not a single word said in this short. Uh, most not of one. them don't have words. Most of them don't. And because that's it to tra- connect right? universally with anybody that ever watches right. it, so. It's raw. It's it's It is connects you with something more than language. And then you get into the movie and realize that that short of like passing along generational trauma from the abuela to the to the family, you know, actually turning the trauma into something magical and beautiful and, and turning it into, you know, building together. Like all of those things were in the movie. Like at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, shoot, like all that record yeah. in the beginning was actually kind of important. I should pay attention. You know, like it really is a, pro- a proper prologue to the. Uh, to the the movie you know you're about to see and and to to uh, close the loop on on what you were talking about with the generational thing being different. Tell me, a millennial made this short without telling me a millennial made this short. I mean, those daddy issues are specific to the millennial generation. Tell me not. Like oh, yeah. anybody who's used TikTok knows what I'm talking about, right? Oh <laughs> like, yeah. I felt that real hard. I was like, this is not a Gen Zer making this. Mm-hmm. This is not some young up and this is not a boomer coming in here and going, this is how you should shoot, right? This is a this is what a millennial wanted their parent to do and didn't do. Every single one of them. As I was watching this, I was like, this is for me. Like I was so like, This was specifically it, it, for people ages 35 to 20. Like yes, that. 100%. Whole, yeah. Anybody over? I'm sorry, not you. Anybody younger? I'm sorry, not you. That right specifically right there. It's probably, no, it's, it's probably it's really for it's really it's... for everyone. But but like th- that's who wh- they you know that's who made it. I think that that's the heart that this emotion came from. Even though it is for everyone, I, I definitely feel like I could have made this. You know what I mean? Like w- just with the emotional past that I have, that if I was given the opportunity to create the art, that's probably would have. That's what would have come out on paper. Is I wish. And they're this like happened. these cutie little freaking raccoons. Oh my god! And the animation style was so interesting too. It yeah. wasn't like a three D Luxo ball. Thing. It, was like it was like sketch. this beautiful pen and ink. Yeah, oh god, it looks gorgeous. phenomenal. Not to mention, shout out to the the unsung heroes. The freaking score in that was also incredible. Beautiful. And like no one's no one's paying attention to that because they're crying. But like, uh, you know, that's also a really important part of the emotional journey and everything too. You know, so short, amazing. Again, we're not we're not reviewing the movie in like pieces in like a synopsis because we just saw it in the theater and we're not going to be able to to cover everything. But I think what we can do is we can do kind of a, a general overview, uh, the way that we remember because it's going to get really scattered. I can because the two of us are all over the place always. Uh, so I figured why not lean into it, okay? And we'll just start with random and then we'll get into a rhythm. Okay, wait. And the random, okay, yeah. yeah oh please. wait, sorry, no wait. What was yours? No, I was going to say we can do MVP style and do our favorites. Oh, I was just going to say, who's your favorite cousin? (laughs) Oh, my God. See, this is like we started like we run a podcast together. Wow. Okay. Um, So I figure let's do some let's do some rapid fire favorite here. Believe me. Your favorite cannot be Monty Bell. Uh, We're excluding her because she is the best. She's the main character. We love her, but no. Yeah. Favorite wise. Okay. So who is then we'll do this. Who is your favorite supporting character? 
And and for that same for that same reason, we won't say Bruno either because Damn, he's I... a main part of the play. <laughs> okay, yeah. fine. Because that's a main. That's not really supporting. That's like a main part uh, of the whole thing. I loved Alberto, but he's he would probably be mine. Mm. But I loved Luisa. I like mm. that Luisa as the strongest one gets to be vulnerable yes. for like a large majority of the movie and they don't frown upon it. They don't make it like a weakness. You know what I mean? No, like vulnerability she only as a, it is. Like how powerful is that? Too? Yeah. Sorry, I'm already I'm already off track. Uh I mean Ant- Antonio Oh yeah, Antonio, Antonio, not Alberto. Yeah, yeah, Anto- because he looks like a little me. <laughs> Like, that's what I look like as a kid. I didn't have quite that. That's the hair I always wanted, right? That big head of curly hair. I I didn't have quite that much hair, but that's what I, I that's what I was Okay, like. I, I do was pick Antonio, though. I like it. Because Antonio. he knew that he needed Maribel before anyone else knew that they needed Maribel. This kid asked for help, which is hard, to, to vocalize that you need help in front of everyone, too, and not make it a big deal. He wasn't embarrassed by needing help. That's another thing. Then he immediately takes his gift, and the whole point of him getting his gift and becoming uh, important to the family, that was the whole point, right? You, you come of age, you get your gift, and then you serve the family and the town. And the fact that he, he slid into that, but they didn't make this whole, like, I don't want to follow tradition, which is what a lot of movies do, right? They go, I don't want to do the family business. I don't want to, you know, like they, they, they make them have this whole moment where they have to go on their own. Where, like, this part of Spanish culture, generations of Spanish families is like, that's not a thing. You, you, you stay with the family. Like, you don't have to do the family business, but like, you, you protect the family and everything is together and you don't just go spin off on your own, which is unusual. Um, so the fact that that was normal for him and that he was able to save the day in, in many different ways and he only bit off what he could once he got his gift, no superiority complex. No, I'm Superman now. Yeah, right? no. The whole family he has magic. He didn't switch up so, at all. No arrogance. No, None right? of them he didn't switch, switch up. Because mm, Isa was yes. always like that. You know what I mean? Like right, she's right, just always right, been right. self-centered. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so like the idea that they, you know, made him be truly supporting that's what he did he supported and then he just left the him going into bruno and giving him the doll and being like it's for the for the nerves and then he just rides off on a tiger in the forest somewhere <laughs> like that kind of stuff like that i just love the supporting the support of you know when he goes that that character the rats told people. me everything <laughs> don't eat those uh so okay your favorite supporting character antonio what's your favorite hmm your favorite joke. Mm-mm-mm. Like your favorite like little one liner. Oh, mine is probably when she says, and that is why coffee is for adults. And like yes. <laughs> All right, let's talk about those two kids for a second before I tell you mine. Uh as a Greek chorus, love the idea that it's three little kids. Now, I would love to hear from people bumping about those kids that young drinking coffee so listen let me talk to you for a second let me just all of the people who are not spanish let me just bend your ear for a minute all spanish kids start drinking coffee when they're like five or six that's just a thing caffeine's not that big of a deal that's that is a normal thing our coffee and every every spanish country's version of coffee is not what you get at dunkin donuts that's trash or starbucks for that matter it is very very pure they take coffee beans and they and water and they make their shit themselves yeah so there isn't all this nasty toxic shit that americans drink out of their coffee none of that 
no preservatives, no, none of this weird macchiato, whatever nonsense, fucking all this extra shit in Starbucks. That's not how Spanish people drink their coffee. They drink it straight. It also means that they're drinking like espresso beans. <laughs> so those kids being like that also does happen. There is always some weird zigzag kid who just like bouncing off the walls all the time. So seeing those three kids and knowing when you go to your family's house, there's always those one or two cousins who are constantly slap fighting each other the entire time. And they're bouncing off the walls. They're asking everybody questions and tugging on everybody's <laughs> outfits. That's what these three kids are. And they're in everybody's auntie's house. You know what I'm saying? Like. Everything has got 16 of these kids running around the house like crazy people. They're playing soccer and they're doing all this shit, right? So watching them personified like that cracked me up so friggin' much. They remind like, me of the um, kids from Finding Nemo. Oh, it looks questionable to yeah. me. Yeah, like, yeah, that whole band. I mean, that and that voice of just the random town kids is like such a cool way to keep the story going. And the fact that they're, and it's funny because my favorite joke is from those kids. Which one? My favorite one is uh, she says, I don't have a gift, but I'm just as special as the entire family. And they're like showing and they show everyone. And Luis is like carrying donkeys and stuff. And they're all and the house is moving. And the little girl goes, maybe your gift is being in denial. <laughs> I laughed out loud in our show. I laughed multiple times in that theater. Like I was oh dancing and laughing along because it was just so good. It's so 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 funny um how about your favorites oh, no no i have a question yes. well yeah yeah um which gift would you have chosen oh my god that's a great one that's a great one because someone in in our showing asked me that i was with asked asked me that and that's a really hard question for me i i feel like maybe the talking to animals thing, but that feels cheap because that's the one that they showed us someone getting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, shape-shifting is cool, but there's a little bit of the deceit in there that's a little too, you know, like like not, like the thing of, of her being, or him being, uh, oh my God, I have to look this up, the other sister. Um, not Isabella, the other one. Luisa? Oh no, it is, uh, no, no, no. The, the one who can hear everything. De- oh, Dolores. A Dolores, yeah. That when he pretended to be Dolores to get seconds. Yes. And then Mirabel goes up. This is like, because that's funny, but like stuff like that is a little sort of cringy. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. If I had to make up a gift, it would probably be something like musical. You know what I mean? So, to like serve the family with some kind of music. Yeah. Thing. I think some, I would some, pick Isa's because flowers are pretty. Um, but also, um, the mom, I don't remember her name. Um, you know, Maribel's mom, oh, the healing I... power. That's pretty fucking dope. Oh, I, <laughs> yes. With food too, which is, which is extra yeah. cool. Like it's not just healing, it's healing. Oh, food, which and is, I loved again... the dad. Um, he has no powers. Oh my God. So like every, he's just such a klutz and I just loved it. He reminded me of Phil Dumphy from, um, Modern Family. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's like a, that's a perfect, perfect archetype character. The, the kind of klutzy and really well-intentioned dad. Yeah. Who kind of comes in and saves the day with He's the, like, great, everything's going to be perfect tonight. He's great his daughter gonna... no matter who she is and, like, tries to cover. I just love him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get... I got to put the characters in front of me so I can get this right. Uh, her name is uh, Juliet. Julietta. 
And Augustine, which I just found out 10 seconds ago, is Wilmer, Wilmer Valderrama is the dad's voice. I did oh, not know that at all. We can do dad did voices now? You're that old? Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> um, hey, In the Heights fans, anybody recognize Abuela Alma's singing voice? Singing voice only is Abuela Claudia from In the Heights. Same woman. Oh. She started singing and I was like, that, that, no, this sounds like, <laughs> that's, that sounds like I had some personal and beef, beef with Abuela, so I struggle with her character. Yes, and you're supposed to because all abuelas look like witches, right? They're all like like super upright. They're all and 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 most in case you hadn't figured out by this movie, this part is accurate. Most Spanish families are matriarchal. That's just true. They they are run by the women of the family. Oh, almost always. Abuela translates differently, but yeah. Uh she is very much well, that's true. <laughs> she, however, I mean, there's a lot of them, though, like that, right? That is that is a common thing. And it's interesting to watch why. You know what I mean? Like, when you really get down to it towards the end of the movie, when she has to she has to come to grips with, like, something's got to change, right? And she's got, she's got to lower herself and humble herself in order to get the rest of the movie going. And the fact that you see, you do get to see it from her perspective, and this is true of all of our grandparents' generation it was not cushy i mean this is kind of the point of in the heights abuela claudia's song in in the heights is you know talking about her coming to this country and then what like cleaning up other people's messes just to eat food yeah you know like it was it was dangerous and scary and lonely and stressful it wasn't like we grew up in this really cushy you know technological land of the free kind of era and they didn't they grew up in the friggin 60s you know <laughs> 70s yeah. when like or they had to raise kids in the 60s and 70s when you know, they had to struggle and just to get our parents to the to the place where we can be raised well as as grandchildren. So they got some dark shit in their past. They had yeah, to do some and like, stuff, man. You know, you get so mad at Abuela because you just want her to see like it's it goes beyond the stupid gifts. Like you can just forget right. about that. You have to remember, you know, she lost her husband tragically. Young, too. On the Young. run. With kids. With newborn triplets. Mm-hmm. This woman went through it. And she's yeah. just what she, she's seeing it all crumble, so she thinks. Yeah. Because if you and lose she, the miracle feels... and like, yeah, and then but then you see everybody else's side where you're like, give it up. The miracle is you got feels... to keep your family, and you didn't. She feels all get the murdered. weight of the town though, too. Yeah. Like the weight of not just the family, but everybody. It's her sole responsibility, which that also happens in a lot of Spanish families, where all of a sudden the entire family, extended family, everybody's got to rely on, right? And they don't. They don't ever show that. So that that starts to crack down on like how they are with people, and obviously abuela in in the heights was not like an evil ogre overlord. Like, this and one I'm is glad a that they aggressive. didn't write the um, family like royalty where like they were above yes. the town you know what i mean you could tell yes, that their house yes. you could tell that their house was the main you know the house of the town it was whatever but they were in the community louisa was it's, down there yeah, helping yeah, yeah. out that what can i do today what's my job today what do you need help with and like as soon as everything went to shit with them the town showed up and it wasn't because they forgave them you know what i mean like where yeah. usually that's mm-hmm. the point in the movie where the townspeople will forgive the evil king just to, you know, mm-hmm, humble them. Mm-hmm. The town just showed up because that's what they did for them every day. 
So yeah, I liked that around, yeah. line of it and not they could have done it differently. And I'm glad that they picked it this way, which becomes particularly important once we get to talking about the end of the movie. But while we're on favorites uh, or like your we're our quick singers, who you said, uh, which gift would you pick? My question to you is, who do you see your in? Uh, yourself in the most like what character do you think you are in this story Maddie Bell <laughs> which is fine are you the this this feels like a like a Harry Potter house test <laughs> it feels like what you know what I mean so what's Griffin funny or like what is I have two families now mm-hmm. I have the family I, I'm kind of like the raccoon I have the family that I grew up with and the family that I'm a part of now which is me and Harper and my husband Bart Mm-hmm. So I see Maribel and myself in my current family, and I see Louisa and myself in my growing up family. Mm, okay. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, I laughed about this the entire movie. I am 100% Pippa. <laughs> I am an anxious mess with a cloud wa- walking around me, and I'm stroking my hair and going, clear skies, clear skies, clear skies. Like, that is that is the whole movie. I was like, oh, God, this woman is me. I loved her. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> And just like stressed out, eyes bulging out, just like <laughs> stroking her one braid. Um, that I, I I like. I did like that everything is is represented. And when you do get into the specific Spanish representation, right, there is always one like that who is a little bit more tense than everybody. Because I like I, I explained to you off air before we started recording, like that intro sound of that like Colombia like screaming and party and whistles in the street like that's real that is re- like Spanish people like to party especially Spanish communities yeah. that are not literally related but call each other cousins like we all have that everybody's got that in some yeah. form of the family like fake uncles and cousins and whatever just extended family but the people like I grew up in Sunset Park in, in Brooklyn New York which is like the most Spanish town in Brooklyn uh, it's, it's almost entirely Spanish or at least it used to be and everybody on the block that we lived on we all lived in apartments right we were all family too. Like people two doors down would like we would like they would watch each other's kids. Like they used to babysit me. Yeah, like, these are like anywhere else in the country. Those are strangers, right? But like the we had block parties where like the block was your family. That was those are the people you always came home to. They were the people who looked out for you, right? Yeah, they were the people who ratted you out to your parents when you weren't supposed to be where you're supposed to be. But whatever. Yeah, uh, and and in the heights showed a little bit, a version of that right where the town is like one character together and this same thing town right they're all kind of family together they all rely on each other there's a little bit of you feel a little bit of that beginning of uh, beauty and the beast yeah. provincial town feel yeah. right the the baker and the and the, the farmer and everybody kind of together working right um and there's always that that party feel everybody's always having a good time even the guy who comes and gives her the non-special special like this cheery guy comes and brings gifts right they're all like happy and, and chill and like you don't feel like everybody in Marie, the town is the baguettes. Out. Yeah, it's right, just chill. Right. It doesn't like the French version of that, everybody's stressed and angry and and moving quickly. In this, it's like this very flowy, you yeah. know, kind of and then Pepa and the whole thing is just there like a little bit strung out. <laughs> like that's it, there's always one in the middle. And and it's usually like a Thea like this who has kids and also came from is she, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Peppa's probably the middle child, I would imagine, because it's always the middle one who's stressed out like that. Because they can feel the pressure of, like, the... 
not being well, noticed no, by she's, the older. I mean, is she the oldest? They're triplets, so they're all. Oh, they were. Apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. They're so all yeah, that's true. There, it goes. It doesn't go in order. It just goes. You know, there's always the that three one of them triplet. together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one of my favorite parts of Peppa is Peppa's husband, Felix. Loved him. Which uh, someone leaned over to me. The people I was like leaned over because we 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 get into a lot of conversations about um, different kinds of cultural representation, right? Because for a long time it was just like straight Spanish, a black story, like a Tiana story, and then like a Coco. It's like way on the other sides of things, right? And there's a big controversy in in the heights around afro-latin culture like mix like black spanish mixes not being represented enough uh and there's there is some of that in here and felix being a very very dark mixed Mm -hmm. spanish guy looks like just a big black guy who is spanish like that afro-latin mix coming from a different you know kind of all right spanish lesson a lot of Spanish, especially in this country, on this side of things, like on this side of the Atlantic, came from mixes of indigenous tribes of Native Americans that were here. Uh, Caribbean island Spanish, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic kind, right? Well, Puerto Rico specifically, actually, Puerto Rico specifically, because of wars and stuff that happened and who colonized what. Puerto Ricans are from Taino Indians, which is why you have a lot of Puerto Ricans who are dark-skinned. And you have some that are that are mixed, that are light, right? But there's a lot of like the darker ones because Dainos were like my my complexion comes from my mother and my mother, grandmother and great grandmother are all Daino Indian, you know. Yeah. There are other types of Native American uh, tribes that the different that broke off into the different Spanish colonies and stuff, right? And some of them are come from that really really dark skin, and some come from European colonization and mixing there which is why you get the really light-skinned spanish Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where some of that mix comes from some of it does come from africa some of it comes from france some of it comes from wherever um and from south america which are also darker so there's a little bit of kind of everything and that and that mix is a little bit more represented in this with the town and stuff and like felix that guy there's something different about them and it's not their skin it's just it's like there's that kind of more heavy set dude right who's always the like joker never serious always and the we don't talk about bruno song of him in the background while Beppo's trying to tell the story and he's just like narrating as like the hype man and doing interpretive dance in the background is exactly what that character in the family would be you know what i mean he's always the guy trying to make the entire family all at once laugh and and felix the whole movie was doing that for me i love him so much and they put him with Pippa, who literally goes, exactly. Are you singing the song or am I? Right, right, right. Those and little he's like, tiny interchanges. Sorry, Vida, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I'll go. Bye. <laughs> uh, I just, oh, I love it so much. I can't, I can't. Uh, so the one thing I do want to talk about is <laughs> the the big elephant in the room to me is Stephanie Beatrice is playing she is spanish obviously she was she made a big big uh move away from this kind of more uh darker comedy the um she made a big splash in brooklyn 99 that's where everybody knows her from that was her big break mm-hmm. in brooklyn 99 they they always tell the story about how she and oh my gosh i'm so embarrassed i can't remember her name now um the she and the girlfriend of 
what's his face, uh, are both Spanish in real life. And they thought her name is not listed in this thing. I just found it. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> um, I was like, I'm going to find it. Uh, they thought that there was only room for one Latina girl in, in the show. What? Uh, Melissa Fumero. God, I'm so embarrassed. Amy. Amy Santiago, his, his girlfriend, right? Um, they were really nervous that when they went to go audition, they say this in interviews all the time. They were like, oh, obviously, they're only going to cast one of us because that's how showbiz is and it was a bit mike shore creator of the good place is the one in charge of the show and that's not how this show went down they were like no amy i don't think amy originally was spanish but then they ended up making her spanish and then or and then like rosa diaz they made a spanish character on purpose because rose like because stephanie was, so they, they actually went out of their way to like make it an inclusive thing but but stephanie beatrice as rosa diaz on brooklyn 99 has this super low voice. She's basically a man. She like, you know what I mean? Black leather, rides a motorcycle. Very like, I mean, stoic. That's her, her the hilarious part of that comedy, that like completely stone-faced thing. And that's not, anybody who hears Stephanie Beecher's voice, super high-pitched. Very weird to hear interviews of her once you, and all you saw was Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and then you realize that she's like, she has a super girly voice. She ends up in, in these other things, and even before she ended up in those other things, this was a big deal. Stephanie Beatrice is a director, and they let her and Melissa Fumero direct episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine to get their directorial debut, wow. which was a really big deal to let a, a woman and a Spanish woman direct a TV show like that. That is really how showbiz is. It, it is harder than you think. That You'd think that those things don't matter. If you're good, you just do it, and it's just not true, especially inside the business like that. So, So for them to break through like that, and direct shows that they're in, by the way. So they have to direct and then jump into scenes, you know? Yeah. Then turn around and do In the Heights. Very different character from a Rosa Diaz, right? Complete. You don't even, you don't even think about it. She, she, she's playing ditzy, you know, <laughs> ditzy girl from the Dominican Republic. And now she's going on to do like the biggest animated movie of, you know, of the year. Lin-Manuel Miranda behind it. And she killed this role, killed it. Just the innocence of her. She was still very smart. She still felt very capable. She felt, you know, like she independent. She didn't feel like she was going to just be sorry for herself the whole movie. Like a lot of princesses sometimes just get the like, oh, why not me? Right. Like, you know, she didn't feel bad. She, she, she also was a go-getter. She was able to fix this problem because she went and stuck her nose where it didn't belong. She went and found Bruno. You know what I mean? If that hadn't happened, maybe nothing would have changed or gotten fixed. And she never changed who she was, even though she didn't have a gift. Like, she still was mm. always actively trying to help the family. Obviously, in yeah. the back of her head, you know, she was thinking, why didn't I get one? I wish I had a gift. But, like, she never kind of really let that get her down. She really did turn that into a... And that's kind of the thing, is turning that into a strength, which goes back to my thing with the shell, turning a traumatic event like not getting your gift into a superpower yeah, into a strength. Like that's a little bit what they were trying to project and like turning this trauma of you kind of being shunned by your parents and, or when they were really trying to protect you, which is a very boomer thing, right? It's like, we were just trying to look out for you or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you hurt this hurt. And then to turn that into, well, I'm going to use that experience and create something new out of it. And, and Maribel really did learn how to take that, 
kind of pseudo sad thing and not let it be the thing that held her back from making something new, which was to solve this whole mystery without a power at all. Right. And she didn't need one. Like, that's that's an incredible message for younger people in the family. But I got to tell you, as an adult, I was just like, yeah, I can do this. (laughs) And also, I'm not a teenager, but. Maribel also could have chosen to let the magic die. That's also true. Easily. Then everybody would be the same like like her. She could have just been bitter and said, like, now you know what it's like. Now you know what it's like to not be accepted. Not once did she say, I don't care about this. That that she was like, my family, the miracle, the town. She never once was like, "Eh, so what? Which is, is so interesting that you say that. Because we have a character. They intentionally wrote in. That didn't also didn't have a power in her dad, right? Yeah. And her dad not having one, was he talking like that? Was he bitter? Like, she has to learn from him to a certain degree. Yeah. She, she watched his example as a parent because we've, we, we've gotten on our soapboxes about parents influencing their children's being a good person, right? We see how wholesome Maribel is as a, as a adult, as a, as a, you know, like, like a, she's like her own person, yeah. making her own decisions. And she had to had watched the dad. Look at how grateful he was to be happy and a part of this family. Like, it's okay. You get used to it. Like, he was very, like, positive about it. And I'm sure that influenced her in, in you know, not turning it into just this constant weight. Oh, I don't have one. I'm an outsider. Like, you're not. A, and she was telling those kids outside, like, I'm not an outsider. I am just as much of a part of a family as anyone else is. Yeah. And they all kind of kept saying that to her. And so no one, no one, you didn't really get, I mean, you do get, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, geez. Uh, where is she? The pretty one. Isa. Uh, Isabella. You, yeah, you, you do get Isa constantly because there's always one sibling who's just kind of beating on the other ones, right? Yeah. Always, always, always. And she's always like, you're not, and even then they didn't really drag that onto the entire movie and make that part of the like problem. that. Had no, they let later. that be their, her first resolution was with Isa right. and that was nice because you didn't have to deal with them fighting the entire movie. Right. She didn't have to be the villain yeah. of, the st- of her of her story. Um what do you think about Luisa's song? This is another little bit of controversy too cuz people were like this I don't get it. This one doesn't fit. Like I heard a lot of people not super happy about it was the pressure perfect. song under pressure song. First of all, Harper Jane's favorite song. Has is not her favorite? Stop, has oh not God, stopped listening that. to it, knows a lot of the words now. Like wow, that's impressive. Loves there are it. a lot of words in that song. Loves <laughs> it, loves it, loves it, loves it. Um, I related to the song the most. That was my song. Oh. Um, I am, I am that older sister. So that was tough to listen to on repeat. Mm. Uh, but on repeat, <laughs> I know that people don't think that it fit because it didn't sound Spanish. But like. Just right. because you're Spanish doesn't mean you only exclusively listen to Spanish music. Like, that's okay. Um, there can Thank be other... Thank you to Lenore Miranda for teaching everyone that hip-hop is okay to be in the Spanish culture. Right? Yeah. Also, it's a Lin-Manuel... You can... That is the most Lin-Manuel Miranda song, I think, in the entire film. Tell me what that song reminds you of. Did you hear it right away? No, I don't know what you're getting up. This was your welcome. Oh, okay. This was literally your welcome. I could. This feel is that. exactly yes. he he pulled from the same exact place. Is to put those all those little tiny perfect. things that he gave the rock. It was exactly the same uh, candor and like and the and the way that it goes from these really broad, you know, like the, the your welcome chorus into the little tiny 
uh, verses, like that's exactly the same formula. And it, and it worked so, so perfectly and didn't need to have this like acoustic guitar and accordion, you know, Spanish influence to work in that spot. It was amazing. Really impeccably done, honestly. And to your point, holy crap, did that one, that, that is the, I was so, so embarrassed. There's the raccoon thing, crying, yeah, whatever. Uh, Like moments really big, like emotional moments of like people not listening to her, like whatever. And like, yeah, and you you get like really frustrated. Okay. That song is the only song I was truly embarrassed to be crying during because it was not a sad song. And the whole time, and I don't mean like, I. this is one where I wasn't like sobbing because there was like sad emotional energy or like overly happy emotional energy. This was really, really awkward, like tears falling out of my eyes and me being like, okay, this has really got to stop. Like what, what yeah, is it? Like, yeah. like it's not, like I couldn't figure out what it was this like emotion was. It was like a physical where, connection to the song. Yeah, like, so your yeah. whole body was reacting to it. Yeah. Without, without like a sadness, right? Yeah. It wasn't that there was no resolution. It was, oh my God, honestly, the, what it was, and this happens to me often, is I felt heard personally. Yeah. I felt this, you know, anybody who struggles, you know, maybe at work or in your family or, you know, in your just day-to-day life of just feeling like you're shouting into a void and nobody's paying attention to you. And like, it feels like too much. It feels like you could break and then you on your own figure out a way to persevere figure out a way to be strong enough to get through it and you look around and nobody notices the struggle you went through the victory you went through and everyone's just walking by you that's what it felt like yeah. and to hear this like twitchy eyed i don't know how much more i can take is like that's why i say i'm peppa is like me all the time all the time i'm just like okay i'm just gonna push through tomorrow and then tomorrow comes and i'm like all right i can get through the end of the month and then i'm like you know what it'll be next year's thing you know like and you just keep piling on and piling on and you never let it vent and watching her just like i have to be the strong one i have to not show it i have you know i have to do all these things and just be like it's it's a lot and and just maribel's response to that being you you're probably doing too much and this immediate support not i'm here for me help me because i came to you with a me problem immediately flipped on that and was like you're my family i'm going to support you yeah i couldn't see i was crying so bad <laughs> i was like i can't, this is too many things i cannot process this it was really it was intense like it was so good and it's just so much family right it's so much like connection and if you have it you know what that feels like and that touches you. If you don't have it, you it really hits you hard because you're like, this is what I've always wanted and I can see how it could work. It's just across the board, you know, and the fact that, so here's another question. I was going to say the fact that it turns out that Bruno, who no one wants to talk about, you always have some ostracized guy, somebody nobody talks to because they got into, and then let me tell you something, Spanish people hold a grudge, okay? This is another thing that some grandma or some tia somewhere is like, oh yeah, we don't talk to that person anymore because they called me fat in 1996 and I haven't talked to him since. That's a real thing that happens in, in Spanish families often, I'm sure in other families as well. Um, so the fact that this ostracized person turns out to be this like really pure hearted like so yeah and like a shocking turn of events bruno is like the most selfless character in the entire right they didn't have to do that i'm sorry this man had a painted plate with his name on it on a table in a crack in the wall so he could eat dinner with with his family. family when he said 
my gift was not helping the family, but I love my family. I was, oh, I felt another one. so broken. I, I, and yeah. I was like, this man is so hurt. Like he's nothing but just yeah. in pain. He's in physical pain because of he's this. He's hurt and not resentful. How is he hurt, this hurt, and not resentful of that And he didn't leave pain. because he was scared, and he didn't leave because he didn't want to do this anymore. He left because he was hurting his family. He thought that he was causing pain to them. And he wanted to protect her. He wanted to protect Madi. Like, like uh, there's so many things about that whole thing. I was like, this is not what I, 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 I knew about the song. We don't talk about Bruno. I knew we were going to see Bruno because I knew that John Lucasama was playing Bruno, so I knew he would show up at some point. I did not think... That when we saw him, this is what it was going to be. So, I thought it was going to be some angry. He was going to be angry, and then he would have to forgive them, and he would have to go back. That's not what we're seeing. Though. I thought he was going to be either super angry, and you know there was this whole angry, grudge yeah. against him, or he was going yep. to be the silly goofy. And they did give him like a couple moments of like the weird kooky uncle, like with right. the rats. Come on. But then right, right, right. they did not dwell on that. Like they immediately switched it to he did this for you. He did this for them. He did this for everyone yeah. but himself. And like he got to be a hero. Everyone got to be a hero in this movie. And Every- I think that that's what everyone. I love so much about it. There was no bad guy. The bad guy was like your internal battles. And this yeah, that's just, true. So I like when that's there's really beautiful. I love a good drama. But like when there's no villain, it kind of feels good, too. It feels almost better because, I mean, we all know that no matter how big a Gaston or a, you know, evil overlord Ursula. Well, we talk about Ursula all the time. It's not. A yeah. Villain, but. First of all, she's not a bad guy. Um, but yes, uh, this but, is you know, like, like a real bad guy, though, because you can yeah. like say Captain Hook's not real. You know what I mean? Like Maleficent. There's no right. dragon that's going to come fire breathing at my house right now. But like. I mean, uh, my mental health, that's (laughs) a real villain. And she shows up every day like a bitch. So, so topical right now. You really, you, you really hit the nail on the head in in the beginning of this when you said like, it's, we're, we're so uh, tuned in to mental, mental health as a mainstream conversation in a way it has never been before. Um, which is some more millennial shit that we would be like, you know what? Y'all broke us. <laughs> and I think all of you are broken too and no one's just talking about it. And then all of a sudden everybody on social media is like, uh, but you know, like I, I, I would, I, I would like to get on this very small soapbox, a mini one, like a matchbox, like a little teeny. Proceed. This man had a painted fake plate with no food, by the way. I'm sure the rats are like, he, he's like kitchen access. Like, I'm sure they brought him like crumbs and shit, right? He's like living like a homeless guy in his own home. But he still sat at the table for dinner. He still showed up. He still like, he treated that, uh, that moment, that, tra- not, it's not tradition, but that, that, the symbolism of what that is with respect. You know what I mean? And there are a lot of people who don't care about that. You know what I mean? Like, like it, there is no value to being together. And, and it's not specific to like the dinner table, right? I mean, yes, in certain cultures, like sitting down and having a family dinner, like actually means something to some people. That's not really a big deal, but like just using this as the analogy, like he didn't take his family for granted, I guess is what I'm saying. 
And that doesn't have to be blood related. It doesn't have to be the exact definition of, you know, mom, dad, brother, sister. But like like, the core of your foundation, if that's not your number one priority, your priorities are wrong. Yeah. Because Bruno showed up in the crack of a wall. And Maribel showed up in a family full of gifts as herself. Right. And she could have left. Unashamed every single day. And she faced the town, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing Mm -hmm. to stay in your house and, you know, become... She could have became a hermit and never left her room because... I don't want people to know that I don't have a gift. She went out into the town every day, did not apologize when those kids asked her. She avoided it, obviously, in the song. But when she said it, she said, you know what? You're right. I don't have a gift, but I am in this family and I am important and you are important, too. And she reminded everyone that they had a purpose. She, I don't know. It just I cannot imagine watching something like this and not reflecting on yourself or your situation or your family and thinking. Yeah. You know, like thinking about that and what do you want to do with that? And and like people who, I mean, who who just take things for granted, just in general, just yeah. like the, the, like like don't who don't appreciate wh- what people actually contribute to their lives, and that and that you have to give back. Yeah, you don't just take. You know what I mean? And and like Bruno being in the crack of the wall and still coming to family dinner when some people aren't even home when their family's having dinner because they don't care to be with them. Some people who like like don't like that don't have gifts thing, right? Like you're not quote unquote special, whatever you and that's kind of the whole motif of this movie is right. Is it whatever makes you special? How about a whole generation of people who go on social media and compare themselves to other people and go, I'm not special. I don't have a gift, right? I don't, I don't, I'm not an influencer. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a, a, you know, a, a fashion model, just like these people I'm following on here. And then are turn that into being so ungrateful for the things you do have and the people who do show up for you. Can you imagine if Maribel was just like really, uh, um, selfish the whole time and she's like well because I'm not special I need this extra stuff and, I, and I'm this kid and I want this and and not realizing that that town is not there just for her the town is there for everyone as a unit and that Maribel has to contribute to that societal organization they like there's a place for you you are not the center of that universe there's a lot to take away from that in our social media culture too and is it don't just turn your insecurities into self-righteousness isa the perfect example of social media today oh my god <laughs> she's beautiful she's perfect she, she is. makes she flowers is. She doesn't have bad days. She doesn't complain either. You know what I mean? She, That's you know, a good point. She, gets, she throws jabs at Maddie Bell, their sisters. I didn't chalk that. I did not think that Isabella was a bitch when I watched the movie. I thought she was no, an sisters. older sister. There she's was nothing yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as she was broken down and her camera was turned off and she was in her bedroom, she was like, I'm actually this. not happy. I don't. I hate roses. Roses are stupid. Yeah. When she made a cactus. <laughs> She's so proud. She freaked out because she made a catch. Her dress is all different colors. Like that, you know, you make a really, really good point. That is a perfect analogy, a perfect lineup to what we experience every time we pick up our phones. We see Isabella everywhere and we feel like Mari and we do feel like insignificant. And we, and you know what? To that point, 
you have a purpose that maybe isn't that purpose. Mari's purpose was not to be perfect and beautiful and have flowers come out of her hair. No. <laughs> that wasn't her purpose. And in fact, look at what happens at the end of the movie. Her purpose, as it turns out, is the glue that holds the entire system together. Yeah. Well, even better, they didn't show us what her gift was, which is, I freaking love that. I love that the, like, her gift is more than her gift. And I think that really was yeah. displayed well, is that the actual thing, the magic magical element, is not the thing that made her special. So, wait a minute. Maybe none of the magical elements of the rest of her family are their gift. Maybe their gift. Maybe Luisa's gift is that she helps the town. Not that she's strong. Bart said that she is the candle. She's the light. Candle like what? Uh, Mari. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she is the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, like, yeah, that's, a good that's one. her gift. Yeah. Like she is. The she's light. like the she's center the of the. Yeah. yeah. I believe that. Yeah. I would love to know what her room is though. Because when I, I yeah. didn't realize that you don't you don't just get a gift, but you also get a room that yes. like reflects yeah, you pieces get a, of that gift that's why and that that room is like um, Antonio, they shared a room. And then when he got his gift, he got his new room. And that's why she gave him that stuffed animal. She said for your new shiny oh, room he when you're sleeping because he moved yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was still, but like his room. And like, OK, that was a shit. little that was a little rude. Why did she get a little Harry Potter room just because she didn't get a gift? That was kind of it was the nursery. It's kind of kind of rough. That is kind of that was the cupboard. Why she are got we? Put in the yeah. Cupboard. Why are we Harry Pottering Stuart Littling her right now? Like, and I actually kind of like the fact that they don't really make a big thing. Out of it. No, they don't because like Harry Potter makes a big deal about. But that. I notice. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Justice for Marty. <laughs> like, got this girl a new room. Oh, it's Abuela. And 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 then you get to Abuela, where who has to now break herself down finally. Also, take that pride, Abuela. You don't have a gift. Mm, that's true. Was she not given a gift? No. Well, she has a room, though. We don't know where her gift is. I don't think she has one, though. She she was already of age. No, no, because she passes a door. Remember when they do the thing where she where she passes everybody? She has a door. I don't know if she has a gift, though. They see it. I mean, you would assume if she has a door that she has a gift, but we don't. And maybe the gift is something that we don't know Starting about or see. Family? Or maybe she's know. so maybe she's so old that her gift is now not usable anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, like maybe I don't it's, know. Maybe, maybe like you retire. The from, power from wore your off gift? or whatever. Yeah. yeah, you know, like. I mean, I think I think the point is that it is generational, right? And that you help the family and the town. Yeah. Until you, you know, have to be served. I mean, just like real life, right? Where you serve your community until you get to retirement age and then you retire out yeah. of that workforce and then you are served by the system she you put stuff in. And gifts. then your children, yeah, your children kind of carry on the legacy. Um, but I love, like, I'm even looking at the kind of uh, the marketing material for it. And you have these people standing in front of doors, right? Uh, their doors. And you have... Isa is swinging on a thing and Luis is holding a donkey and, you know, Antonio's got all these these animals around him and Camilo's got the, the cool, like, frock, the, like, Incan whatever thing that he's wearing all the time. His drug rug? Uh, uh, it took me a while to figure out that this child was a boy because <laughs> as a shapeshifter constantly turning into women and I was like, oh, it's a sister. And I was like, oh, shoot, this is a boy. This is like a... <laughs> Cause like, and I could, I didn't, couldn't figure out at he's first. He's wearing a drug the, rug the entire movie. What the, yeah, he really is though. It, I think it's, it's supposed to be like a little bit of the, the South American Incan Mayan thing. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that influence. Um, but you get to Peppa, you get to Julieta, who both have husbands 
who do not have gifts mm -hmm. and their husbands are with them at the door. Oh, so like do they couple, get to enjoy the cool unit. room together? How fun. Right. So this idea that like the people who are married into the family, even though they don't have gifts, still have a place in the unit. And that's really the whole point is that this whole thing works in harmony because everyone's working together, not because everyone's special, not because everyone has magic. It's because the unit and fam the family unit element, and that's including the town, the family as the town as well, is, is working in harmony and that no one person is ever doing something just for them. Everything is for the community. Which is why this whole thing of like, even the person who's outcasted himself... Because as you remember, when they did the recaps, everybody went, where's Bruno? He left. Mm -hmm. He was not kicked out. He chose to remove himself and from behind the wall still showed up for the family he thought kind of rejected him. That's the thing that really got to me was like knowing things in my life where people take family for granted and coming from a Spanish culture where family is so super important and is such a back. Like that's what created you, not even just physically, like the you that is you, the you that your friends like, the you that your wife or husband married and love is because of your family. Yeah. And that's like, that's what created the persona that you now have. It's because your grandfather fought in some war or dragged the family across a river in the middle of the night to get you where to where you're going. You know, yeah. those stories get told when you're a kid. So watching people not respect that is rough and then watching someone like bruno who is the last person on earth you'd expect to respect it because he's angry and has a reason to be angry and has a reason to hold a grudge still comes out and says a line like what you quoted of like i was hurting my family it was but just I love the my way family. he said it but i love my family it's oh my like god heavy. it sends like chills like you down my it. spine yes he did love his family. Oh, my gosh. And then that was, that, when, when he, he showed up line. and he stepped forward and the world stopped for Abuela, that's when I respected her again because I did, I got real mad at her um, oh, yeah, for yeah, personal course, reasons. But course. like, No, yes, but still, um, but you're right. I was really mad at her, but as soon as she like stopped and she was like, I don't care about any miracle. This is my miracle. You came back. Like, you came yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. Like, that meant everything. Like, she... Oh, the fa and so I also about, have been like recently dealing with the this is TikTok because everybody breaks things down on TikTok and I really need to stop watching these late at night. But do you though? Because <laughs> it's kind of great. Somebody posted and they were like, have you ever thought about the fact that you like grew up with these people, you know, your parents and your siblings and like you're never just you're never going to live with them again. And I was it like, kind of wild. I was like, it's crazy. I have been thinking about that nonstop where I'm just I'm never like, I don't know, maybe in the future. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to live with my brother again. We're never going to be across yeah. the hall from each other and like getting mad at each other for who ate the rest yeah. of the cereal and like stupid shit that was Taren so annoying back in the day. And like, I would have paid any money in the world if I didn't have to live in the same house as him. And mm -hmm. now I'm like, right? that's weird and kind of sad. And what if you got that back? You know what I mean? Like, and like, I don't. Or what if you could relive that? There was no last night. You know what I mean? There was no like big right. goodbye there's party. No there's no closure. There was there's no, no yeah. Finale, there was yeah. no season finale, series finale. I don't know. I don't remember the last time that I like, guess unless I lived you go to college. Like, yeah. Unless you go away to and college. Maybe, where, yeah. Like, maybe that's a, like a certain circumstance because none of us, neither of my siblings, like we moved out to college or anything. Like so, went like, away. Yeah. It was just one day I didn't live at home. 
Yeah. And that was kind of it. And then I got married and like had a baby and it's... It's always forward, right? You keep moving forward and you and and like turning around to look behind you at where you came from. And that's like also like a really big thing culturally. I think a lot of different cultures and ethnicities have some version of that where like, don't forget where you came from. You know what I mean? Like some some version of legacy. And I think that's something that this movie touches on that they do it in in a... the context of a spanish culture but i I really think that does transcend all cultures of like the legacy that came before you paves the way for the future because again that's a human thing (laughs) that is not a cultural thing that is all humans procreate and make little versions of themselves and those little versions grow up to be big and make little versions of themselves and so you have to pass that stuff on the learnings and the and what i loved so much was that i have been so sad about this recently but then i watched this and it normalized staying in the same house i know it was different and like weird but like nobody in that family resented it there was no character that was like but daddy i love him i you know what i mean like nobody i want to leave even bruno everybody was like bruno left like we don't talk about bruno and you think the whole like for half the movie you know they shunned him because he didn't want to live there with all of them like they all did and it turned out he never left the fact that he, yeah, that the place that he chose like to go all of these to be people actively was, because yeah. I would love, and I'm sure every, I don't know, maybe not, but I'm sure every mom out there is like, I like don't, I I am so torn because I love watching Harper grow up every day. It amazes me that she's like her own human being now, but like every day I also wish that she was a tiny newborn baby or I was still pregnant. Like right. I, I always like I always miss the past. I I've just always been somebody that misses memories and people same, and things i i have never grown out of it and i never probably will but like so i hate <laughs> that i sit here and i'm like I, I wish you were a baby again but like i also love who you're becoming and i love that i can have a whole conversation with her about anything yeah like, we can sit and talk and it's so beautiful and like my love for her is so unconditional but it's like i never want her to leave but i want her to be successful and in this family they had both of those things you know what i yeah. mean like they can stay they all be, got yeah. to be their own people they all got to have their own families and like do their own thing and i'm like i just hope when i'm older that like harper wants to be that close like whether she gets married really or if she wants point. to have children like they really normalized staying a unit again which i think has changed a yeah. lot over the years because a generational unit too because yeah I mean, we're talking like the kids had kids of their own who some of them had yeah, their nieces and nephews right so like abuela had the three kids who not only those three kids stayed home, but then had kids of their own and kept them in the unit. And this tradition of coming of age, you get a gift and then it keeps cycling through. It just keeps doing that. Yeah. You know, like in the beginning, when I was listening to them tell the story, I was trying to figure out if this had been many generations, not just the ones that we've seen, but are there ones before that? I liked how it wasn't an unattainable generation amount, because nowadays a lot of people don't have um, great grandparents. I didn't even have grandparents when I was growing up. So to Mm -hmm. see how close it was that like, yeah, very tight, you could keep it all. That's a timeline that anybody could see, you know, grandparents, parents, cousins that's and then and then a generation of a bunch of cousins together yeah yeah true well what do you think about how the ending went down in terms of like first of all bruno didn't have to be there for that thing to happen right i love the fact that it was abuela and and mari by themselves and that mari had to 
basically experience to on to get on the level of understanding where Abuela was coming from. That was and, so and heavy physically because see? you knew you knew what happened. They told you in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and then to make you live through it was so gut wrenching. But like live through it as if you were putting yourself in Mari's yes. shoes. To live, can you imagine if you're like, you've always been mad at your parents for being a certain way when they raised you. And then some point, like tomorrow, you found out something about when your parents were younger than you and some horrible shit happened they've been keeping from you for this entire time. And like what, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people don't think about what their parents' life was before they were born. Yeah. Like there's a certain point in your life where before that point, it's just not nothing exists. It was it was like you and your parent and that's it. Like even when they talk about the past, it's just like you like, oh, yeah, this is how we met. But they, but not like really their life. And then at some point you just start investigating into the past. Like my dad was a Vietnam Marine, you know, like. Yeah. And and I knew that my entire life. I saw pictures of them and you know, I, I like I, I was an army kid. Like I knew that. Okay. Well, at some point, I started like invent, like I knew what being in the military meant and how scary that is, really. And then I started like asking them questions and being like, well, what was it like? And like, what did you do? And like, you know, talking to people who we know who are currently enlisted and all this, like, because we have, I have cousins my age who are still in the military. Yeah. And like followed their, my uncle, their dad, who's military police, and they're all still doing it. My dad's not. And I, and I'm like, trying to visualize like a 21 year old version of my dad, like with bombs going off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like what, and then like Vietnam was such a screwed up war specifically that you coming back and realizing that all that was pointless, you know? And like, I actually, this is the most embarrassing thing ever is that what really got me emotionally is because as a theater kid, I was in Miss Saigon, which is so embarrassing. Uh, but Miss Saigon, for anyone who doesn't know, dramatizes a very, very famous moment in history that was that there's a picture, a very famous picture of a Huey helicopter on the top of a building in what back then was not uh, Vietnam. This, you know, like it was a uh, Taiwan City or something like that. It was it was pre whatever the city is today. And the it was the last helicopter leaving the embassy taking all of like literally when they called up and were like us you got to pull out because the Ta- the taiwanese are doing their own thing <laughs> they're like vietnam got Viet Cong is coming and they got a whole political thing going on we're not getting involved you got to go and they were like taking people away as the people of vietnam were climbing on buildings and falling off of them trying to get onto this helicopter because they were about to die very very famous picture of this miss saigon drama because the whole thing around that is that Vietnam was a vacation. There was no fighting for the most part. You know, there was like a little bit and then it stopped for a long time. The U.S. was just there hanging out. And so they would go out on the town and like literally have relationships with these local women and have kids. And so they were because they were there for so long and that would just be a thing. And then when they pulled out, it happened in a blink of an eye overnight. Like they found out that someone was like coming in to, to storm the town and they pulled all the U.S. guys out all at once and they ended up leaving their wives and girlfriends and babies back behind they just left everything and went home and so it was this big political thing they called them we it's like an actual name for them of uh, vietnamese kids who got left behind who then tried to find their american dads later that came to america many many years later to find the dads who left that they oh never met it was like a whole thing there's a whole thing in the 80s like of like yeah there's like all these infomercials and stuff about them of like raising money to find you know help these programs 
And so this very famous picture, if you ever look it up, uh, this famous picture of the helicopter, literally, you can see people like trying to get on the helicopter because the army of you know, was the Viet Cong was coming. And so Miss Saigon dramatizes that moment and then before and after, right? They dramatize a, a select number of Marines who meet this girl and then he falls in love with her and she already has a kid and he leaves her behind and then there's all this stuff going on, right? The end of act one is that moment in the picture oh, wow. of them like, right? So, and literally the, f- the most famous, this was a show in the nineties. The, f- the most famous thing from this show is a f- they built half a helicopter that lands on the stage and takes them away. That was like a big, really? big visual effect. Oh yeah. They had like big headlights and, and you can hear the chopper whirring and they blow air into the, into the audience. Right. And there's a, there's a big fence and all the Vietnamese are like banging on the fence trying to get inside and they flip it and you can see inside the embassy. They're like, cause he basically made an arrangement for Kim to come with him for his girlfriend to come with him. Yeah. And she didn't, she didn't make it on time. She made it there in the dramatization. She made it there just as it was leaving. You know what I mean? And so, the, but that moment in playing that they made us do a little bit of research when we were playing it to like know what the moment in history was about so that we can play the emotion correctly. And I looked up all this stuff and then a light bulb went off and went, my dad was here for this. <laughs> First of all, I was like, haha, dad, do you have like a weird Vietnamese kid that I don't know about that? Like, <laughs> which he thought was hilarious. as one does when they as are a teenager in the 70s. Um, but I, I, I started, I was like, you know what? I, I have a dad. He was there. I'm I have a dad. Him about it, who like was present. And I asked him about it. And that's the real first time where I was like, holy shit, there was a whole life that my dad had before, like way before I was born with some real dark shit that went down. And I, I think about like how weird my dad is and how he embarrasses me sometime. And I'm like, kind of watched some of his friends die. So I would probably be fucked up for life too. Like right? forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so th- there's things that you like moments in, in time where I know it's like a really long, stupid, ridiculous story just to say that my dad had a life before I was born. But, but it, it really does like when something emotionally connects you to the pre you version of your family's legacy, and like what somebody had to do, what a sacrifice was made. And you think you have it hard and you realize like some people like almost died multiple times. And like, how many times have you almost died? Do you know what I mean? It was on what were you, were you afraid for your life daily? Cause some of our grandparents were afraid for their life day. Think about like people with Jewish families. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who got families split up like their, their ancestors, their great, great grandparents or something or grandparents who like lived through. You know, the Holocaust where people were stripped away and didn't know if they were ever going to see each other again. Like real, real traumatic stuff. And we're here complaining because like my mom was mean to me. You know what I mean? Like there's just a thing where that realization comes at a really heavy time where that really does kind of bond you together in some cases to your family in ways that you would never expect. It humanizes them. It does. Exactly. They're real people. They're not just like playing parents. They're real people. I I remember when I first saw a teacher outside of school and I thought that they lived in the school building and did not leave the school building. They're just like when you when you're not with them, they just cease to exist. I literally come back into existence and you go to school. Why is Mrs. Tarantino in Stop and Shop? Yeah, yeah. And my Why mom was like, milk? this is weird. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Doesn't matter with you. I was like, <laughs> why is she here in the grocery store? Buying groceries? What are you doing in the grocery store, Isla? I was like, why does she need to buy groceries? She lives at school. They have a cafeteria. My mom was like, I messed up somewhere along the way. I messed up. I did something. I want to start over because you didn't. I just, I really, really love that 
the thing that we needed to see, all of us, the viewers, Maribel, Abuela had to live through it a little bit again, right? To to really recenter herself yeah. and retell the story. Bring her back to the roots. Yeah. And then Bruno comes in in this hilarious moment. And I cannot tell you, they timed this so perfectly. You just had to live through this whole thing. She lost the love of her life. And by the way, forget watching this while you're also in love. If you have a spouse or someone that you care about and you yeah. watch this woman lose her husband who valiantly decided to, he could have kept running, just give his life up for everyone so that they could survive for his his wife and kids instead of running with them, stops to make a diversion, you know what I mean? Like sacrifice himself. Yep. And then she loses the love of his life that early. And now she has to raise three kids by herself. That's some dark stuff that'll turn you yeah. Real stoic, right? Which is why abuelas the way that they are, which is why most abuelas are the way that they are. And then, like, the fact that that made me so shaken, because I have a version of that in my family as well. My grandfather died when I was very, very young, and my grandmother lived many years after that, and she kind of had to, you know, I, like, I know I, I've witnessed that in person. So I'm just like sobbing into my half mask. I'm like drinking water, and I'm using my mask to wipe my face, and I'm just like yeah. a mess. Everything is wet. And Bruno pops out of the freaking bushes and is like, I don't care what I'm, I'm I forgive you. Don't worry. And like, ev- like even Abuela and Maribel are just like, forget it. And like, everybody's like, I don't know what to do. The audience in the theater was like half kind of laughing. You can hear them sucking up tears while they're laughing. Yeah. Like it was so abrupt. And then for him to just be like, I feel like I missed something like that push and pull. It was so perfect that Bruno was a part of the conflict, but didn't have to be a part of the resolution. It was just like, yeah, we really needed to get back to the core. But Bruno still got the closure when he got to like, God, everybody seeing him for the first time, like Juliet realizing that he was there and them stopping and freaking out and going over to hug him. And nobody's mad that he's been gone yeah, the whole time. Nobody cared. You know, and then to, to have him have another you're welcome rap moment and explain to everyone finally the closure that bruno gets did you hear some of those lyrics yeah in that he it was not a prophecy about it raining i just saw you were sweaty (laughs) like a lot of those little things were like oh you guys realize that like those prophecies were not that he was trying to actually protect the family and got kind of a bad rap for it you know i like that idea Oh my god, Isla's mic just was like, I'm done. I'm finished. So sorry. <laughs> I clock out. So sorry. <laughs> I like the idea of him being like, you just have one prophecy and then boom, everyone thinks you killed their goldfish. Like, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I I just I love the fact that where we get to at the end is get down to the core of your problems. Deal with your goddamn demons, people. Go to therapy. All right. Go talk your problems out. Deal with the demons at the foundation at the core. And then that turns into, we bring Bruno back. We reunite the family with or without the magic. We then expand that out to, I can tell you the moment I sobbed the single hardest was the town. What is that sound? I think it's the town. I already was blubbering. I was like, oh no, don't do this to me too. I did this during Raya too. The town comes in as the extended family, as the unit is starting to become complete. And the town said, Something to the effect of like, we don't have magic, but we are many. Yeah, it was. And uh, I, yeah, bro, I, I like had to, I pulled my cap over my eyes. I was just, I couldn't handle it anymore. Like that moment of like everything coming together and the unit working side by side like that. And that the family could have been mad that you people 
where the magic and you ruined everything and what ha- like n- there was no pointed nope. fingers in this entire thing everybody was so understanding i couldn't handle it <laughs> no one is that understanding it was everybody's mad perfect just like we do not have magic but we are many all you want and for if anybody has ever in their entire lives felt alive if anybody listening to this for a single second if you've been in your room by yourself and you've just felt like the only person in the universe with your problems and it feels super heavy because that lonely feeling is hard to shake and you see this example of like no we're here to help there's i mean no better f- resolving feeling than like maybe i'm not alone right oh god it's right now i'm st- i feel shaky right now <laughs> I, like talking about it. Was it was so perfect. Like, uh, I i mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda only wrote the music. And they said that he was very much in, a part of the, the development process because, you know, they his Spanish culture being infused into it as well and like all that stuff. But like, it was the whole team. They really did come together to make something representative of what, I mean, they showed people what those Spanish families are like. Yeah. And showed them how much like their family, that Spanish family has been like this whole time. You know what yeah. I mean? This is not just for Spanish families, this movie. But they really did show, they, they, they opened up a window into what those Spanish families act like with each other. And then like how that relates to and you and anyone. Yes. Whether you, whether you have kids, whether you have a big family. And that was another thing too. My family's not that big. Like, I do have extended, like, Spanish family, but, like, my mom and I are, like, the, some of the last two because a lot of them passed away yeah. and they're, like, really super strange. So, that big family, and that's why I think I was so crying for the town thing, is, like, I want that big family. I always wanted the, like, real big Spanish family. I've always gotten to participate in other people's, but I didn't have that for myself. Yeah. That big, really big, like, cousins and aunts that are always together. Yep. All the seasons, everybody comes together for the holidays and, like, all that stuff. Like, that's showing a window into what that's like. Whether you have a big family or not, there are elements of that that I guarantee you have. Yeah. Anybody listening. Even if you have no family at all, you had you had one. Even if they're not here now, you know, maybe your parents are, are not with us anymore. That's that. The essence of that still exists, whether they're here or not. Right. The essence of Abuelo, the grandfather, was still throughout that whole house. What is your is your theory that the house is the spirit of the grandfather? Yeah. I heard a lot. I saw a lot of that online. Yeah. I didn't really think about it. I just figured it was. I didn't either, but that would make sense. Right? I guess they didn't want to dive, I guess, too much into the, like, real spiritual part of it, you know? I would think he's somewhere in the house. You know what I mean? Like, but no, no, because I think of Casita and its own entity as well. Like, yeah, the house has its own mind, body, and spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there are the little tiny, tiny things. Little, uh, little. No, I think the butterfly would be more him than anything. Oh my god, that would be so nice. I love because that. I just it was in the prophecy. You know what I mean? But it wasn't the main focal point of the prophecy. It was just oh wait, did you see that? Does this have something to do with the butterfly? And then at the river, you see the butterfly again, and that's the river right. that all the shit went down. Obviously, so. I would think that it may be the butterfly. I like that. No, I I, I do love that. Um, the the one I want to talk about something because you just brought up butterflies. But before I do, the uh, there's these little. I I just remembered. 
in the very beginning of the movie, the, the little things that tie in the, the little cultural things that I miss with being away from my Spanish family and that are, don't mean anything that you pass, just pass by. It, it's like a non moment, but the, it did not occur to me until it happened that I was like, you know, I haven't seen somebody do that in like a decade is, uh, this thing, this mm, pointing I'm, for people who can't see me visually is pointing with your lips, right? You like pucker your lips out yeah. to point in a direction. So where this happens is they're all looking for Antonio and they can't find him. And she does this cute thing with the present and like this present's going to self-destruct. Oh, and snatches yeah, yeah, it from yeah, under yeah. the bed. Well, she's under it and she has this beautiful, beautiful generational heart to heart with him. You know, and a completely selfless where she could have turned that in again, turned that into a me moment and be pity, pity me. But she turned it into like she had to in that moment be his pillar of yeah. support and was she very subtly says something about the present and points towards the present with the her tip of her lips. Mm-hmm. And I I looked at that and went, you know. Every person in my family does that. Every one of my friends who was Spanish, who had this big Spanish families, every single one of them do that. I moved out of New York City, never saw it again. Really? Little, little tiny things. I'll, 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 I will demonstrate one of them. This is one that well, I can't, I can't I have to be careful how I do it because this is something I have brought into my family. This sound, this little, this little sucking sound. I have to listen out because if I do that too loud, I I have taught her what that sounds like. And if she hears me doing that, she thinks I'm calling her. That is how uh, members of a Spanish, certain Spanish families call each other. I picked that up from Puerto Rican families in, in Brooklyn and never heard it again. And then I started he- randomly hearing it because I live in a tourist town, right? And we and she would do it too. Is that a squeaky wheel or something or is someone doing it? We'd go find it and it's this big giant Spanish family with all these kids yelling in Spanish to each other and them calling the kids over with that sound. Another thing that after leaving New York City, never heard it again. Huh. Little tiny things, little cultural traditions, right? That I, I, I thought was like from my home and not realizing that it was a cu- my culture that I've just been away from. You know, I didn't realize that was a Spanish thing. I thought that was just a thing yeah. my friends and family did and then saw it in this context and went, oh, shit, that's a like that's Spanish a thing. That. Yeah, <laughs> that's where that comes from. And that gives me this like real sense of pride of like, this is who I am. Oh my gosh. You know? Like who you are from Moana, that song is very much poly- for the Polynesian family in Moana. Right. But it could be any family. This is the same thing to me. Huh. It's just like everything. So I, I just, I, there was stuff like that where I'm like, man, they did this movie right. You know, like oh, the little yeah. things that only the people in the culture could really know. So the thing you brought up about the butterfly, I wanted to, the last thing before we wrap up, I wanted to bring out uh, is homework for everyone, for literally everyone. If you watched this movie and you enjoyed it, uh, you might uh, have been curious about the song at the end credits of the movie. Which is a song that was specifically made. Mackie uh, by a guy. wrote it, and he actually performed it, and that's what we're dropping for you today. Here it is, world premiere. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, I just went to. I just have stuff pulled up on my extra monitors here, and I just want to point out that this article I know nothing about says how Lin Manuel Miranda channeled Howard Ashman for his work on Encanto, and I really need to read that article when we get off recording. Uh, that is, I just I got distracted. Um, Sebastian Yatra, I think is his his name, is who performs that song. If you guys happened to watch the Thanksgiving special, the Disney thanksgiving special um oh i haven't watched that yet it is on uh hulu he um sebastian 
performs this. Um, it is gorgeous, and it's called <laughs> Dos Oruguitas. I did not know what this word was, and I I kept hearing it during this, and I heard them say mariposa is the word for butterfly, and I kept hearing them refer to a mariposa in that song, and I'm listening to the context of the song, and I I speak some Spanish enough to get in trouble, right? So I couldn't quite understand all of it, uh, but I kind of got the gist of what he was saying, and I'm like, I guess this is kind of like a, he's explaining like the life of a butterfly. Um, oruguitas is the word for caterpillar. Dos oruguitas. He's talking about two caterpillars. The lyrics of this song will make you uncontrollably cry. And the thing is, if you don't already see, so if you speak Spanish and you just witnessed this like incredibly intense Spanish cultural thing, and then you get to the freaking end credits and this entire song fully in Spanish, explain, you know, with the lyrics that they are, even twist the knife, that happy, beautiful, wonderful, right. gorgeous knife even further. Well, I would encourage anybody, if you do not speak Spanish or if you didn't even catch that song at the end, go look up Dos Oruguitas, look up the lyrics. Sebastian Yatra, Yatra is spelled Y-A-T-R-A. I'm not going to say anything about it other than the fact that Oruguitas is the word for caterpillar, mariposa is butterfly, in case you catch that word in there as well. Um, and look at the translation of what, the, it's a very narrative, like, you know, storytelling, and it feels like the short before a Pixar movie, right? Huh. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous story of of their cycle and what, and, and it, it kind of symbolically represents this generational passing on, you know, in the family. Yeah, so yeah. your homework, if you really did truly enjoy this movie and what it represented and the symbolism behind it, um, complete that circle by looking up this absolutely gorgeous song. This song is going to win a Grammy. I guarantee it. I mean, so this, and he performed the whole thing at the, at the Thanksgiving thing. It was in Disneyland. He performed the whole thing in Spanish. It's like amazing. So beautiful. So, so beautiful. And you can, and then you learn a little bit of Spanish. There's a, there's a couple little, you know, now, you know, two words in Spanish. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple little words that mundo is the word for, uh, for world. There's a couple little, easy you know because the, the, it sounds like a children's story and there's some, there was some vocabulary in there i'm just like what are these crazy words i've never used before uh and that's that's what got me into the lyric translation and i was oh. like oh I, I had to read it a couple times and i was like oh i was shaken i was like oh my god this is gorgeous yeah like and then i and then after reading the lyrics i listened to the song and then i cried because <laughs> i was like oh man this is a the the most perfect beautiful bookended ending to probably one of my favorite Disney movies ever, and I'm I'm biased because of course this is about, this is about a culture I very very much so understand and relate to. Okay, mine's not, and this is honestly one of my new favorite Disney movies of all time. How would you how would you like? What's the next closest one? So Coco. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think about the way that I experienced Moana, not having a single cultural tie to Polynesia. You know what I mean? To, to the Hawaiian culture. There's no, there's no part of my family that is involved in that. And thinking about how I was still very much emotionally moved by the underbelly of the coming of age of a kid going out on their own and really making a difference that way and, and taking a chance and now, you know, all that stuff, right? And the village and like what they mean for the family back home. Same, same idea. And like how that is probably a lot what people with no cultural ties to Encanto would 
watch it and feel you know what i mean you can still feel it even though there aren't those little extra things yeah like how i feel with raya raya really hit hard for me raya too, um yeah. luca really hit hard for me too these are mm-hmm, all like super mm-hmm. recent i know but these are just the movie oh emotion wise and like connection with it i now put encanto above frozen 2 which like oh yeah sequels are i know you should not really frozen put, 2 is it high okay, for you I mean, it was, it was really show cool. yourself Right. Ru- oh, ruined yeah. me ruined yeah, yeah, yeah. me destroyed me and frozen, you um know what? do the next right one. thing mm, yeah 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 that's true the bangers in frozen 2 uh, honestly frozen 2 should be its own separate thing i hate that it's considered a sequel because i know it I surpasses wish it the first one by like tenfold and i wish frozen 2 was the first movie and frozen was a prequel that would yeah. have been cooler yeah you know to see the origin story of the cooler story in this as a second one yeah. i don't think they thought frozen was going to blow up as much as it did but <sighs> frozen 2 okay but Man. yeah so encanto is up there above frozen 2 above coco because that one also hurts yeah. so it hurts so bad um, yeah 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 Yes. Okay, um, well, yeah. I go back to this from the raccoon thing. Is I would never phrase it as as the resident parent of our podcast, but as a mother, honestly, d- what like once you get to the end of this movie and like and then you're forced so much forced to put yourself in this family position that you can't not insert yourself into where you fit into this because you, you there's a grandmother there's a, a a parent generation the three of them actually more of them right because there's couples and then you have the kids and you can really feel all of those because yeah. if you're a parent and you can you can feel like the sacrifices you had to make and the generational like the raccoon thing the generational trauma you had to stop for your kid so you can picture yourself as the grandparent you can also picture yourself as the parent in the middle level if you have like sibling rivalry or yeah. some estranged whatever and then trying to raise your kid in the middle of these two generations and you can still feel i still feel i'm 34 years old and i still feel what it was like to be that kid you know yeah like the the Mahdi age and antonio coming of age and being like okay now what do i do and how do i change pay that forward so as a as a parent how, like what is that processing like at the end of the movie of like like what do you take away from that when you leave the movie because i always look at this and go uh, every single like right when i'm leaving the movie theater i'm like i want to change some stuff i definitely well wanna, it was I gotta, nice i gotta realign my head i'm so glad that i got to experience it just with bart and harper because we got to have this like mm-hmm. beautiful family moment where like oh i was God. so proud of harper because she just sat through a two-hour movie like also, yeah, can we give it up for Harper Jane? Yeah, Saffir that's impressive. T- she uh, she had to use the bathroom at one point because she's a potty trained queen, and that was it. <laughs> but like, other than that, she wasn't asking when it's going to be over. Like, she, I just need to give her so many props for that because that was so. She, only she turns three and a half in like a week. Um, oh, that's that's really awesome. And it was just nice. Where uh, it was a beautiful, like we had a beautiful brunch right before we went out to the movies. You know, like it was just a beautiful family day. So then we just got to like come home and like talk. Like my family is not big now. I chose to have a small family. You know, Harper is not mm-hmm, going to have mm-hmm. any siblings. You know, I might have my brother, and Bart has a sister, but like it's not big. You know what I mean? And like mm. so, 
we just like sat down and like thought about it and we were like we have traditions for our family we do all of these things like this is good we're on like because that's what we want you want to have that kind of love i just think everybody should want to strive to have that kind of love whether your family is conventionally traditional or not like this could be your roommate that you just like share your life with yeah yeah you know, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you don't have to get married. You don't have to be husband and wife. Your girlfriend, your wife, you could be gay, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Which is why I love that the town represents the people who are not your blood, who are just as much family as the people who are. Right. I like that they included that. It wasn't just a family story. It was an, it was an anyone you care about story. Yeah. And like, I just, I can't imagine giving up. I couldn't imagine trading them for anything. And I think that mm, like more amen. people should look at that and be like, is what I'm doing right now worth my time versus doing something with my family that would make me happier? Ooh. You know what I mean? Girl, preach. Girl, preach. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to experience highs and lows with anyone besides Harper and Bart. That's all I really care about. I like, say that all the time about my wife, yeah. I just, that movie solidifies my choice with like, being right. who I am, I chose to have a family. I chose to do it young, and like I have no, zero. I missed out on nothing. I get the whole package yeah. because I prioritize my family, but I also have fun and st- and like they do that in their family as well. Everybody was celebrated for their each individual gift. So yes, and yes. that is super important to me as well. Ah man, this uh, this we have not been this pumped since hamilton yeah like even soul which really did rattle us pretty pretty good uh and because it it got down to a human nature element right yeah but i think uh this one the way that hamilton's hamilton is the art right you get to the end and then you get about like legacy like what did you leave behind and that gets into this whole like what happened you know like what you right well well that's true but this movie I love movies like this that really make me want to go out there and think differently. Really make me stop and smell the roses. Yeah, and makes me want to reevaluate what's important to me because I, I came out. I I happen to not be able to see that with my wife yet. She watched it on her own, and then I watched it on my own. Um, and now we're definitely gonna, obviously going to go watch it again together, and we're, we're going to have a movie night and watch it when it comes out digitally. But the fact that you know I left going. I want to, I mean, I do this every day. I find a lot of excuses to do this, but like, I want to appreciate my wife more. I want to appreciate the time we have together and every couple fights and like has like not fights, but like has these stupid little squabbly things where somebody's mad because the dishes are in there because of whatever, because you said this, this thing this way and that all that stuff happens and there's nothing really wrong with it. You work it out and it's fine. But the time that you spend on this planet is so damn short and what you do with it and what you, how you choose to honor the people who do things for you is a choice. That is a choice you have to, every individual person has to make. No one's going to make that for you. And even in real life, watching this movie, I, I walked out of the theater into the, <laughs> I live in Florida, of course, it's freaking beautiful sunshine. It was a gorgeous day. It was like 70 degrees. Perfect. And I was like, I got a new lease on life, man. I want to make it count. I want to make every minute count. I want to, I want to go in and do something nice for someone. I want to, you know what I mean? Like I just, it filled me with so much 
actionable joy. Yeah. Of just like I want to do something with this feeling. And I love entertainment that really moves us to like some stuff is fun. Once Upon a Time is fun. I don't finish a Once Upon a Time episode and go, oh, I really should think about my friends differently. I really should call my yeah. mom and tell her how much I love her. But I definitely called my mom and was like, I miss you a lot. And I don't say that enough. And I don't like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't call you all the time. I have a great relationship with my mother. It's not like we're estranged at all. Um, but I'm like, I call you a bunch and it should be even more. And I should visit you just as much as you make an effort to visit me. Like, I want to say all these things because you are the reason that I'm as cool as I am. Yeah. You are the reason why my friends are like, oh, you're really fun and you're really sweet and you're really this and you're really that. I'm like, that is not me. And everybody, you've met my mom. Anybody who's met my mom, I'm like, that is the reason. She is very that, cool. That right there is the reason why I get all my style, all my anything that people like about me. It is not me. It is because I was brought up that way. Yeah. And I want to respect that. And I want to, in the future version of that, I want to respect if I really want people to do this. Y'all go to my wife's Instagram. <laughs> Dream along with Taryn. T-A-R-Y-N. Go to her Instagram and go look at a post that was posted on December 6th. She just posted this freaking gigantic, beautiful thing about me. I had no idea that she was doing that. And I was literally like tearing. <laughs> I woke up in my bed and picked this thing up, not knowing it was there. And it was like crying in the morning for no reason. Guys, I really don't cry that much. It's really not a thing. But this month has been really intense. I read this thing. And my only response that I can come up with when I commented to her was like, you deserve to be respected. This, this whole idea of like, like, oh, thank you so much for like doing, you know, like caring, like, you know, like not being mad at me when I do this thing and do that thing. I'm like, it is after having watched this movie and, and for many, 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 many other reasons, like respect the people who care about you, respect them, whatever your version of that is going to be. Okay. Do it, do it, be proud of it, be bold about it, be loud about it. Don't worry about what anybody has to say about it. Your loved ones, your kids, your family, don't take anything for granted because all that stuff can be taken away real, real easy. If Bruno can do that shit from behind a wall and paint a surface and, and fake dinner with his family, y'all can sit through it in Thanksgiving and not fight. Like, let's just <laughs> get over the little squabbly stuff. It really puts in perspective those little stupid things. So you're just like, you know what? It's not worth it. We do very much so mean like little tiny family squabbles. Uh, there are such things as toxic family members, and we here at SBC support cutting them off. Anything truly, truly toxic, this conversation does not qualify. Anything no, that's no, no, actually no. truly toxic. We is, will not yeah, be yeah. gaslighting you for your family no, trauma. No, 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 no. Cut it off. No, no. Get out of here. Bye, Absolutely. Bye. This is a This was this my is a PSA. intermission. Fuck those bad This is a PSA for, from uh, Your racist from uncle Mackie. is not allowed at the table. No, for sure. Okay. Any, any of those people who like don't. Again, it's respect. The respect that you're trying to give your family, you deserve to. If you are yes. not given respect, that is a different conversation. However, we just wanted to solidify the type of vibe that we're putting down here. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're talking about we're talking clear about stance on neutral. That. Yeah, yeah, we we're cut people off. Things. We have no problem doing that. Cut. Oh, it no. Out. This particular movie was not about standing up for yourself in the face of adversity. This particular movie was about something completely different. That is still very much true. You cut people out without any regret if they cross your lines. Yes. Period. Done. Just say family or otherwise. I mean, listen, you just, you know, you do what you have to do for you and for your family. But, you know, don't forget to put things into perspective as a whole for yourself yes. because sometimes you are being a little bit selfish sometimes you do just want to win 
for you because you need it. Sometimes you do just feel unheard and you need to just like stick your flag in the ground and go, no, I need a stance on this. Whatever. All those little things are, you know, it's fine. But like, don't forget every once in a while to put into perspective. Can you do something a little bit more? Can you do a little bit, a really sweet thing for your wife or for your husband or a really nice thing for your kid that no one asked for? You know, can you just pay it forward and, be, you know, like put that out into the world for your, for your family, for your friends, for your community, for your anything, just for somebody else. You know, this movie was everything about this movie. Everybody in the movie was for somebody else. Abuela was doing it for the family. Bruno was doing it for the family. You know, Luisa was really doing it for the town. Isa was really, you know, like all of these things like eventually got to a place where like everybody was working for someone else. Yeah. And that's really beautiful. And no one talks about that enough. Mm-hmm. Doing stuff for other people is not uncool. It's actually super cool. Here at SBC, we love to do things for other people, which is why, I don't know, we, we want to include everybody. And if you have anything to say about these, it, you know, hit us up on the Discord, on on all of our stuff. You, I mean, know you we guys, I'm sure will, anybody who's seen it. We will talk about this movie to whoever wants to talk about it. I put it up Absolutely. on my story today just so people would talk about it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really, really excited to talk to more people about it because the, the excitement that you and I had talking about it, you know, go like you, we can expand that so much more by getting even more people's perspective yeah. on it. I, I love movies like this that really get people talking about something really relevant and important. And I really do, if you, if you can't tell, uh, I really do strongly believe that this is a very, very important conversation to have across the board. So yes. thank you so much, Isla, for having this conversation with me. Oh my gosh, thanks so much. So happy to be here. Thanks for joining uh, along. Thanks for being an amazing partner and family member to me. Wow. Oh my God. We're going to do this on the air right now. Thanks Um, so much for your kind and considerate words. The feelings (laughs) are semi-mutual. And obviously, thank you to all of you who are listening to this at any point that you are listening to this. Uh, Speaking of which... Now is a good time to mention if you happen to not be listening to this on the Patreon because it is after the time that we have released it uh, for the uh, bigger public, uh, we have a Patreon in case you haven't heard in every episode that we release on SVC. And this is the kind of stuff that we release on it is random. Let's just talk about stuff because we like talking about stuff. Um, So patreon.com slash the SBC pod. Uh, is where all of these random bonusy yeah Isla and Mackie because uh, whether you're on Patreon or not, we're gonna have this conversation. So if you want to listen to it, join the Patreon. Frankly, we probably would have had this conversation like this, Regardless. whether we recorded or not. <laughs> exactly the way that it happened. <laughs> so uh, we, we it was important that we recorded it and shared it with everyone all so we did was just it. like throw some headsets on and hit the record button before and hit a record button and then continued yeah. like yeah. we were going to anyway um so yeah we we have all of our normal ways of contacting us you can get us on instagram and email the sbc pod or the sbc pod at gmail.com uh we have a phone number you can listen to on the normal show let's see if i can do this 207 six eight five one two i feel like i did that wrong i have a work number that i say like 20 times a day so i have no idea 
Here, I'll uh, let's. I'm gonna pull it up and see if I did that right. Two oh seven five three six eight five one two. I did it. I'm really proud of myself for that. Call that. Leave us a voicemail. Text it. Send us a text boom, message. Boom, 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 we back. have an Instagram. The SBC Pod. We have an email. The SBC Pod at gmail.com. Leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> you know, you can hear Isla do that exact spiel. If on you our want show. to talk to us regularly, Maggie Sandal <laughs> is at Mackie Mouse Media. Mine is Ooh, Isla Shikorsky. DM us Good about Encanto. DM us about whatever you want. If you need to spell our names, it's M A C K E E M O U S E. Oh boy. M E D I A I L A S I K O R S K I on Instagram. I N S T A G R A M. Wow. I'm very impressed with that. <laughs> I need to go to B E D bed. That was unrehearsed, everyone. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. We hope you liked Encanto. We hope you like our little bit of bonus content on it. And we promise. Lynn Manuel and Miranda, as... if you ever get a hold of this piece of media, we are oh obsessed with you. Um, this is like the 27th time that we've talked about. No, uh, we've actually talked about you a lot more on the air and off the Way air. Way more than that. Um, we're kind of Very weird. Much more. <laughs> you want to hang out? Yeah. Let us know. If you want to hang out? Come interview us for two minutes. Let's and, have coffee let us, let us in New York City or something. And we can like walk down the street and sing your welcome. You literally could just like hold the door for me to get into a coffee store and I would take that and thank you for it. Yep. Complete our lives. You could hit me in the face with the door at Starbucks and I would thank you for it. Have a great day, Lynn. (laughs) Uh, All right. So I guess we'll uh, see you guys next time on the interwebs and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.